African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Uh, thank you for joining us on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. We're also on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet, and you can listen to us live on our streaming facility on our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going to be looking at the big story that Botswana has confirmed to allow the Dalai Lama into the country next month. And apparently there has been a, a big uh, uh, real conversation taking place there with China coming into this. And they have this fierce opposition to the Tibetan uh, spiritual leader and have been advising Botswana not to allow him in. So we'll be discussing uh, this conversation after our news with En Musa. In the headlines, China voices concern that Tibetan spiritual leader Dalai Lama is set to address a human rights conference in Botswana. Nigerian Senate backs plan to reduce the power of the presidency and UN envoy calls for dialogue between Burundi government and the opposition. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musa. South African constitutional law expert Professor Shedri Guto says it's up to Botswana to decide whether it wants to grant Tibetan spiritual leader the Dalai Lama a visa or not. This follows reports that China has voiced its concern that the exiled Tibetan monk is set to address a human rights conference in Khabarone next month. China has been doing this with many other countries, such as South Africa, which eventually denied the Dalai Lama a visa. Guto, however, says China, as the major investor in Africa, has the right to complain. But the final decision lies with Botswana as a sovereign state. China has a legitimate right to be able to complain to Botswana. It is up to Botswana to choose whether or not to allow him to come, depending on the relations between China and Botswana, and whether or not it will damage the relationship between the two countries or not. It is up to Botswana to choose, like South Africa did, uh, when it refused Dalai Lama to come from this, uh, to come to South Africa. Nigeria's Upper House of Parliament has backed a series of constitutional amendments that could weaken the presidency and boost the legislature. The head of the Senate, Bukala Saraki, says it will help boost Nigeria's development, but a senior official in President Muhammadu Buhari's government says it amounted to a very unhealthy power grab. The amendments must still be approved by the lower house and two-thirds of Nigeria's 36 regional state parliaments and then be signed off by the president. The measures include providing certain legal immunity to members of the legislature, reducing the president's ability to withhold assent for a bill passed by parliament and removing lawmaking powers from the executive. 
A United Nations envoy has called for dialogue between Burundi and the Burundian government and the opposition. Michelle Kafando says it's imperative that the government of Burundi agree to an inclusive dialogue with the opposition. He was briefing ambassadors on his recent visit to the country and neighboring Tanzania. Landlocked Burundi has been experiencing more than two years of political turmoil and violence in the wake of President Pierre Nkurunziza's decision to run for a third term. Scores have been killed while hundreds of thousands of citizens have fled the country. U.S. President Donald Trump's surprise decision to forbid transgender people from serving in the U.S. military in any capacity has caused anger and confusion across the political divide in Washington. The Republican chair of the Senate Armed Services Committee, John McCain, says any American who meets the required standards should be allowed to serve. Hundreds of New Yorkers gathered in Times Square to protest against the decision. America is definitely for everybody, and Trump is not getting the message. This is wrong that he's trying to deny anyone their right to serve their country. It is unfair and unjust. I mean, these arguments have been used for decades about racial integration, about gender, about gay integration. They didn't prove to be true then. They're not true now. And finally, the United States has imposed sanctions on 13 senior officials in Venezuela. The move comes ahead of a controversial vote in Venezuela to elect an assembly with powers to rewrite the constitution. The announcement comes on the first day of a 48-hour general strike called by the opposition to protest against the vote, which it believes is intended to entrench the position of President Nicolas Maduro. The BBC's Leonard Rocha reports. Those targeted by the sanctions include the head of the National Electoral Council, a former vice president, and two other officials running for the Constituent Assembly. The head of the army and the National Police Director are also named. Any assets they may have in the U.S. will be frozen. The message from the American government is clear. Scrap the vote. The U.S. Treasury said President Trump would not ignore attempts by the government of Nicolás Maduro to undermine democracy, freedom, and the rule of law. Recapping the top stories, China voiced concerns that Tibetan spiritual leader the Dalai Lama is set to address a human rights conference in Botswana. Nigerian Senate Bank's plan to reduce the power of the presidency and UN envoy calls for dialogue between the Burundian government and the opposition. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, thank you for that particular update. Yes, you're listening to African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Moshatama. We'll be with you until midday, Central African time. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can interact with us uh, on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We'd love to hear from you on those particular platforms. But let's start our program today looking at the big issue. It was also in our news bulletin, the issue of uh, Botswana confirming that they'll allow allow the Dalai Lama uh, to visit uh, next month as a foreign dignitary in the face of China's fierce opposition to the Tibetan uh, spiritual leader. Beijing views the Dalai Lama as a dangerous separatist campaigning for uh, the Tibetan independence and consistently uh, condemns uh, foreign governments who welcomes him. Uh, The Botswana foreign minister told lawmakers that the visit was purely private but added that the Dalai Lama would be granted 
reported the status of a foreign dignitary. Uh, the uh, foreign minister did not confirm um, a government announcement last week that he would meet President Ian Kama, who prompted a stern response from Beijing. Uh, we know that in uh, the continent and also in parts of Botswana, China is a key investor in various countries, including Botswana. Well, let's start with uh, the conversation with our guests. We've got uh, Godub Dorji, who is a representative of the Dalai Lama for Africa. And also we've got uh, Shadrach Guto, who is the director for the Center for African Renaissance Studies at the University of South Africa. Well, I want to start the conversation with you, uh, Godup, in terms of, uh, do you know uh, uh, why the Dalai Lama will be in uh, uh, Botswana? What is the reason for his uh, visits uh, uh, next month? Okay. <clears throat> Good morning, uh, everybody. Uh, the, His Holiness is uh, uh, coming to Botswana in August to attend the Mind and Life Conference. It's not actually somewhere it's written to address human rights, but it is not true. But he's coming there to attend Mind and Life Dialogue. Based The theme of the dialogue is actually the Ubuntu, which is African worldview and the belief system that needs to be recognition and mainstreaming. And that is what actually uh, his sultan is coming to really give the uh, Ubuntu a sort of a, a more uh, uplift, you know, head start and uh, recognition because he's trying to uh, uh, cut that through the scientific uh, empirical, empirical analysis, you know, so that it's recognized mainstream uh, uh, in the whole uh, sort of a... Uh, Ideological just, field. Just yeah. to clarify, Angudup, so you're saying he's here for a, a talk, a spiritual talk? Uh, yes, yes, actually, yes, spiritually, actually, contemplative sciences, you know. Okay. And, and Ubuntu, actually, the, the very fact he's coming to uh, the uh, Africa, this is uh, the first time, actually, my life okay. uh, had been uh, having dialogue, uh, this is the 37th, you know, all over the world. But this is first time actually having dialogue in Africa continent. And this is because it's very important because Ubuntu, which is the African worldview and belief system, has not been actually given such a sort of recognition in the philosophical field, you know. And that needs to be there, you know. And this is why he is coming. Okay, let me come to you, um, uh, uh, Professor Shadrach Guto, who's the director for the Center of African Renaissance Studies at UNISA. Uh, we've had this issue of the Dalai Lama coming to Africa. It's been a big conversation. We know three times in South Africa he has been denied a visa. It's been very much uh, contentious issues around um, religious freedom and uh, also the fict- the idea of uh, the pressures of the, the, the Chinese government on uh, uh, African countries. Your thoughts around uh, uh, just where this actually comes from? Why is there such pressure for uh, China not to actually allow uh, the Dalai Lama in African countries? Well, to start with, let me just correct my status at the moment. I'm Emeritus Professor at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies at the University of South Africa. Not the director of the institute, but a veritas professor. All right, fantastic. But let's go on to the actual question. I think that we are dealing here with diplomatic relations between countries, 
and Botswana has diplomatic relations with China and not with the Lailapa. Secondly, I would like to say that the Lailama is both a political figure and a spiritual figure in the world. As a spiritual figure, he's free to go to any country he wants and people want him to go there. As a political leader who is looking for or seeking for separatist uh, agenda in terms of China, looking at uh, autonomous region or an independent region in China, China has really uh, a very serious concern about that. Are you here? I'm here. I'm listening. I'm listening yes. attentively to you, attentively to you, uh, Professor. Yes. So I'm just indicating that uh, Dalai Lama has double mm. uh, identity. One of a separatist from mm. China. Mm and represent them as spiritual leader. On what basis is Botswana in, uh, allowing to come to Botswana? Is it as a separatist from China? Mm, mm. And how does it affect uh, Botswana's relations with China? And I think that is where the issue is, and I think it has arisen in many countries, including South Africa, that really decided not to allow him to come to the country. But Botswana has allowing him to come. So Botswana has to weigh what is in the interest of Botswana. Is it the spiritual connection mm-hmm. or is it mm-hmm. the diplomatic relations and economic relations with mm-hmm. China? Mm-hmm. Well, let me also bring in Tlatsetso uh, Padime, who's joining us from the Tswanelo Botswana Center for Human Rights. Tlatsetso uh, uh, is a program officer. Tlatsetso, uh, I'm very interested in terms of that kind of definition. And we know that there is a historical uh, issue here when it comes to the relationship with China and the Dalai Lama because he's known to have been uh, campaigning for the Tibetan independence and uh, some people uh, are having a difficult time doing what uh, Professor Chedric Guto has highlighted there in terms of separating the man from a political activist to his spiritual leadership capacity. Your thoughts on this decision uh, that uh, Botswana came about and and uh, uh, in, t- in contest with uh, the other reasons he hasn't been allowed in other African countries. Um, good morning, um, Benjamin. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good, thank you. Um, Botswana has agreed for the Dalai Lama to come to Botswana um, because, first of all, one needs to understand that Botswana is not unusual in in being different. For example, you know, if in terms of the ICC and the Roman statutes, um, Botswana was one of the, the few African countries that was actually saying we need to keep the ICC um, that was promoting the Roman statutes and has recently mm, domesticated mm. it sure. or is in the process of domesticating it. Mm. So Botswana is not unusual in being different. And in this case, 
Botswana, the Botswana government has looked at the reason why the Dalai Lama is actually coming to Botswana. His visit is not a political visit, mm. um, and his his visit is not a political one. He's coming here for a dialogue um, that will be looking at Boto, um, Ubuntu, and mm, mm. there are people from different religions and people from universities who will, and the public who will all be attending this dialogue. Mm. So his reason for coming here is not a political one. And I think that is one of the reasons Botswana agreed to have him come here, because he wasn't coming for a state visit. Um, and one mm-hmm. needs to understand that Botswana also looked at the fact that there, the youth who will be attending this dialogue, people from all walks of mm-hmm. life, will be attending this dialogue. And that is the reason he's coming to Botswana, for a dialogue on Ubuntu, mm. which um, <coughs> leaders like Archbishop Tutu have mm. been promoting and advocating for. Mm. And mm. It's, it's an interfaith discussion. Sure. What can we learn from each other? And as you know, Botswana is a circular state, and people have a freedom of religion. Mm. And he regularly, the Dalai Lama regularly holds dialogues around the world. Mm. So one needs to wonder, one needs to ask themselves why he's coming to a country. Mm. Well, that's the voice of Tlatetso Ode Padim there, who's joining us on the line from the Twanelo Botswana Center for Human Rights. And also we have Shadrach Guto there joining us from the Center for African Renaissance Studies at the University of South Africa. We have a representative of Dalai Lama for Africa, Ngoduba Dorji, who's also giving us his time. I'm going to come back and look at the previous reasons he hasn't been allowed into countries such as South Africa. I know that it's been the last time he was invited, I think it was in 2014, it was at the 14th World Summit of uh, uh, Nobel Peace Laureates, and there was a resistance in South Africa to bring him in. And we know that the, this, um, this summit as well had nothing really to do with politics. It was more of a, uh, a leadership uh, uh, summit. So we'll come back and look at those historical issues. Uh, I'd like to pick your brain, uh, Godupa, to highlight uh, your response uh, in terms of why he wasn't allowed previously and how was the response in terms of the religious circles in terms of uh, uh, this restriction. Well, it's 18 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. We'll continue the conversation after this. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We broadcast from Johannesburg in South Africa and our main aim is to provide you with news, views, knowledge and entertainment from Africa to Africans and listeners from around the world. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Diana Wanyonye in Mombasa. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbara Munjarere in Johannesburg. Channel Africa, Kinshasa, Jean-Noel Bamweze. Reporting for Channel Africa from Zambia, I am Hilda Kekelwa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective.
Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. I'm Benjamin Mushatam. I'm not alone in the show. I've got Godub Dorji, representative of the Dalai Lama for Africa. Shadra Guto is on the line, joining us from UNISA. And also we've got Tlatsetso Padime, who's joining us from the Ditswanelo Botswana Center uh, for Human Rights. Well, Professor, uh, let's look back at uh, uh, just this history in terms of uh, the relationship between China and the Dalai Lama. Can you unpack why there has been this historical friction between uh, this persona, the Dalai Lama, and the Chinese government for uh, listeners who don't understand the history on, on, on this particular issue? Well, I know that uh, Botswana has economic relations with China, and uh, they are quite important for Botswana people and Botswana as a whole and for Chinese people. And from that point of view, there are a few contradictions there because Botswana is saying China is dominating Botswana and need to get out. So there are contradictions. There are relations and contradictions. Uh, Allowing uh, Dalai Lama to come to China, I think, will cause a lot of extending tensions between China and Botswana. And uh, Botswana has to decide politically whether it wants to go that route and it will have economic impact on the way Botswana relates to China, which is a big economic power. Botswana is an entity in the international system, even though it is a rich country in Africa, but it has to decide how it relates with the rest of the world. And in this particular situation, it is for the leadership to decide on that. But I would like to say that we need to make it very clear that Dalai Lama is both a political figure and a spiritual leader. And it's a question of where Botswana chooses to be. It is to abandon the political part and to relate to the spiritual mm-hmm. part or the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I think that Botswana uh, has to make its own decision. Mm. But in my view, in the long run, it or in the short run, in another decade or two decades or so, Botswana should align with China rather than Dalai Lama. Mm. Well, I, I want to pick your brain because I, I still want to unpack that issue. What's the beef, uh, Professor, between the Dalai Lama and the, the, the Chinese government? The issue there is that there's a conflict between the two. Dalai Lama is pushing for autonomy or independence of the region uh, in China. China is saying no, they are not going to allow that to happen. And from that point of view, Dalai Lama is a political enemy of the Chinese government or the state. And uh, from that point of view, the world has to 
really look at that and say where mm. does it belong that mm. it go to the spiritual part and be an enemy of china mm. or to be uh opposition to china or be uh mm. in relationship with the public uh i mean republic of china and remove or rather sideline the lai lama Mm, that mm. is where the point is and i think botswana is at that point where it has to decide what is in the interest of, of botswana now mm, and mm. in the future is mm, it mm. with relations with the separatists in china mm. or with china the people's republic Mm. Let me bring it to you, uh, uh, Tlaetso, in terms of uh, uh, now does this not put uh, uh, Botswana in a precarious situation whereby uh, we know that China has been fuming over the Dalai Lama's planned uh, uh, visit to Botswana, warning Botswana not to harm Beijing's core interests, especially the fact that there's a lot of uh, uh, investments that are made through China in various African countries, especially in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. We know that uh, China has become a huge investor and also a big partner when it comes to uh, development on in African countries. Uh, does not this put uh, Botswana in a, a strange position in terms of choosing sides? It does. Yes. It does. Um, uh, um, yes. Professor, Professor, I was, uh, I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, I'm just uh, highlighting okay. that question to Tlatsetso. Go ahead, Tlatsetso. Um, thank you. Okay. Um, um, we, first of all, we have to make it very clear that as an NGO, we, as the Tanelo, cannot speak on behalf of the Botswana government. Mm. But the way we see it, we recognize the political relationship between sure. Botswana and China. Mm. And China is a, a, a big contributor towards Botswana's economy and other economies across Africa. Um, but we also um, need to look at the Dalai Lama as a spiritual leader. And yes, a lot of the focus has been on who he is politically in terms of China and Tibet, but his visit, again, it goes back to what we, we said earlier that um, his visit here is one, he's coming as a spiritual leader, um, and the dialogue is about Bhutto, spirituality. So one needs to remember who, who he is as an individual, who he is, spiritually, who he means to people spiritually. Um, and as mentioned earlier, um, he wasn't able to attend various times when he was invited to South Africa. And one would say that in that case, the South African government may have chosen who he is politically over what he was coming to the country to do. And in this case, Botswana has chosen to look at him as a spiritual leader more than anything but we do recognize that there there are real issues um, and risks politically and economically in terms of the relationship between Botswana and China. One cannot be completely removed from those. Mm. Let me bring it to you in terms of looking at uh, uh, the South African perspective. I mean we've as a country, South Africa has denied visa 
three times for the Dalai Lama. I know that uh, the previous two times was, I think, of the celebration of uh, the Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu's 80th uh, birthday. And I know that there was a time before that where he was prevented coming in to attend the 14th World Summit of Nobel Peace Laureates. Uh, what was the response in terms in your community with these types of limitations of him coming into South Africa? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, uh, yes, uh, it has been a really, I mean, mm, uh, sort of very uh, sad feeling among the Tibetan community, and also I think <clears throat> uh, people all over uh, among the people in South Africa, lots of people in South Africa uh, and all over the world, I think, who actually who look at the issue from the point of justice, not from the very hard fact economic uh, gains and lose. Uh, point of view, but from the uh, truth and justice point of view, uh, many people are very, very sad, and Tibetan community all said that I think he has not been able to visit uh, South Africa three times uh, because of some uh, visa procedural delay. Uh, I wouldn't say that it has been visa has been denied completely, but it has been sort of a matter such a way that he's not able to uh, come on time, you know. Mm. Uh, that is one thing. And uh, also, uh, um, uh, to really to uh, just say some uh, of the uh, discussion we had just now, uh, because South Africa, I mean, you look, South Africa, uh, under the apartheid, sort of the international support, uh, that has been demanding, you know, because people see there's injustice. And therefore, they, uh, they, uh, we, we, uh, people in the Tibetan community all over in South Africa, many, mm. uh, feel that I think South Africa should be the one actually who should be leading actually uh, the, uh, the cause for justice and should be supporting Tibet uh, in a many ways because uh, there's a huge similarity between what is happening in Tibet uh, uh, and what had happened in uh, in the, uh, the uh, post uh, pre-1994 uh, mm-hmm. government, you know. Mm-hmm. So there is a huge lot of sort of a, uh, a lot of things to do, uh, similarity, you know. So we actually, we understand, we feel that I think that the people in South Africa and in the African continent actually should be really, you know, uh, understanding what it 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 used to be like to be living in sort of, sort of a injustice sort of a, sort of a, in uh, sort of a, in a celebrity condition you know so uh, that that is that is a sad part of that you know yeah mm-hmm. and i would say that you know well, I'm gonna... we should not always sort of mm-hmm. uh, take all the uh, discussion from point mm-hmm. of the economic game mm-hmm. or whether this will uh, from the self-interest mm-hmm. we, we must also uh, put the uh, the uh, values uh, in all in all the decision point of view that is my uh, sort of our view mm, that's very interesting views that are coming from you there um godu because uh, i want to bring that to you shedrick gutu in terms of where does this put to south africa you know because i think botswana showed itself very exemplary especially actually the fact that it's pinpointed the reason behind why it's allowed the uh, Dalai Lama into their country because he's coming here for a 
religious occasion. And when he was coming to South Africa, it was for private uh, ga- gathering. It was once for a birthday, and the other time it was literally for a leadership uh, conference. And it, those issues were not necessarily politically affiliated. And it just shows that maybe South Africa could be backtracking a little bit in terms of its human rights uh, values. Well, let me... Um, Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. Oh, I wonder whose line has been placed on hold. I'm not sure if it's uh, Professor Shedrick Guto. Professor, are you still there with me? Well, I'm going to take a quick break and see what how we lost that because I think that's a very important element there to see. Uh, I feel like here we're seeing Botswana actually entrenching human rights values in its type and the way that it makes uh, its uh, decisions. And we'll continue the conversation with our guest, with Tlatetso Di Padime, who is uh, from the Tuanelo Botswana Center for Human Rights, as well as uh, our other guests, uh, including Shadrach Guto and Gudub Dorji, after this break. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. And uh, yes, you're listening to us here on uh, DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And don't forget that we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. And uh, today we're looking at uh, the issue of uh, uh, how come that we are seeing this resistance from China to allow the Dalai Lama into African countries. And we know that Botswana has made a very much uh, definitive uh, decision here uh, to allow the Dalai Lama to come for uh, a spiritual uh, conference that is taking place next month in the country. And uh, I want to come to you, Tlatsetso Padima, in terms of how important was this particular decision, especially looking at uh, Botswana from a human rights element, because South Africa has been criticized in this regard for not allowing uh, the Dalai Lama into the country? Um, Well, it was a very important decision um, in terms of the fact that Botswana is, at the end of the day, a sovereign state, and so is China. And as a sovereign state, one needs to understand that you don't want to interfere in a country's internal affairs. Um, and that's China's position. That's always been China's position that we don't interfere in internal affairs. But China does seem to be, for for lack of a better word, threatening serious consequences um, should 
the Dalai Lama come to Botswana because we're having this conversation about how it will affect the relationship economically, politically, mm, mm, mm. and one needs to, in terms of scholarships mm, maybe, mm. and one needs to ask themselves how mutually respectful is this relationship mm. if there is this sort of almost bullying which is being done to another sovereign country by mm. another sovereign state. And sure. Um, China has made it very clear that it respects Botswana's sovereignty and will not decide on whether, on what Botswana should do. Mm. But they have also said that should Botswana decide to interfere in China's internal affairs, then there are obviously consequences. And this is a, 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 an issue in China. So this was a very big decision, which was made by mm-hmm. Botswana, a very big political decision. Um, and ultimately, the decision has been made. The visa has been issued, sure. and the Dalai Lama will be coming to Botswana, um, unless there's a change. Um, but one needs to understand that this was a very big decision by Botswana, um, and he will be treated as, a foreign dignitary um, when coming here. So he's not coming here as a head of state, but he's coming here as a foreign dignitary and he will be treated as a foreign dignitary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very big decision which Botswana has made and they will obviously, it will affect the relationship. One cannot say that it will not. But at the end of the day, one needs to ask themselves how mutually respectful is this relationship between China and Botswana. Mm. Professor Shadrick Guto was highlighting that human rights element, as I highlighted earlier on, that South Africa three times has denied uh, uh, the Dalai Lama into the country. And it seems like uh, this uh, for Botswana has been a, 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 a decision that's been hailed from a human rights perspective in the human rights community where South Africa has been criticized from a human rights element. Um, in South Africa, politics, at the politics of the day trumped human rights. And it would appear that this time in Botswana, human rights mm. trumped um, politics. Mm, and mm. like we said earlier, like I said earlier, he's coming here for a dialogue on something which is very mm. fundamental to our identity as a country and as Africans, which is Ubuntu. Sure. Yeah, and let me me put that to you, uh, Professor Shadrach Guto. Your thoughts on this human rights element? Professor Guto, are you there? I think we've lost the Professor Akuto there, but uh, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, Godup there in terms of just uh, how important was it for the Tibetan uh, community for uh, the Dalai Lama to be uh, allowed into Botswana. You did highlight at the beginning of our conversation that uh, it's his first time on the African continent, so this must mean a lot, a great deal uh, for uh, your community. Uh, yeah, it's really, I mean, uh, of course, uh, uh, not the first time in the uh, African he has visited South Africa, I think, uh, in Nandi, and two or three times, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, in this time, uh, I mean, uh, being allowed to come to Botswana is, I think, uh, 
it's a great uh, i think we feel uh, it's uh, it's a very uh, good decision the Botswana government has taken mm. and uh, not really calculating on the sort of a, uh, very very sort of a <coughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, economic and uh, political uh, uh, the parameters uh, only, but only, uh, but also the sort of a really uh, the core value of a country, mm-hmm. which is very important. You know, we uh, all the country need a certain core value, uh, which uh, which cannot be, which is, which should be uh, all the other decisions should be subsumed or uh, go uh, sort of uh, under that, you know. And therefore, I think uh, as is a country with two million people, uh, but very sort of a, uh, very upright and uh, proud of their own culture, I think uh, it is great. It's sort of a exemplary for the other countries uh, all over the Africa, you know, that, that this is the way we uh, would move forward, you know. Uh, if we uh, need to, if we are to be recognized, uh, uh, in the world as a sort of a, uh, a country and uh, its continent and the people, you know, of, uh, of mm. uh, weight, mm. uh, this is the way we need to forward. I think he's showing uh, an example, so, in my view, I think, mm. yes. Uh, and it's, it's good for the world community also, those who are fighting for justice, human rights, you know, uh, not only the sort of a muscle power and the economic power uh, can really trample everybody, you know. Yeah, this is my view. Well, that's how I'm going to wrap it up. And, uh, uh, well, we're going to leave it there. And uh, that's how we wrap it up. Thank you to our guest, Gudub Dorji, who's a representative of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama for Africa. And also we had Professor Shadrach Guto, the director for the African Renaissance at the University of South Africa. Thank you as well from uh, getting he, her views, Klatseto uh, Padime uh, from Botswana. She's from the Ritwanele Botswana Center for Human Rights, a program officer there. Uh, well, that takes us to 11.41 Central African time. And uh, give us your thoughts. Remember, you can also uh, give us your thoughts uh, in uh, various platforms. But uh, uh, join us on our Twitter handle, at ChannelAfricaOne or at African Dialogue. Let's uh, end uh, the uh, conversation with some music from Jonas Nguangwa. This is titled Morwa, and uh, that will lead us to our business news and our sports.
Good morning with your economics news. I'm Wissani Matebula. Nigerian acting president Yemi Osinbanjo will open a 1.5 billion US dollar fertilizer plant in the southeastern port city of Port Harcourt on Thursday, highlighting efforts by Africa's largest economy to boost its agriculture industry. Nigeria has for decades been dependent on exports of oil to support its economy. The new factory has an annual production capacity of 1.5 million tons of urea fertilizer and was built by Indorama Eleme Fertilizer and Chemicals Limited. South Africa's Minister of Tourism, Toko Kasa, has appealed to all South Africans to crisscross and travel the country in a bid to boost domestic tourism. She says it's concerning to government that millions of citizens have no interest in exploring the natural beauty of the country. She was speaking at Daustrom in Pumalanga province last night during the media launch of the tourism month due to start in September. Speaking under the theme Sustainable Tourism for Development, Kasa says international tourists come flocking to experience South Africa's nature and the spirit of Ubuntu among citizens. She encourages locals not to take for granted what the nine provinces have to offer for tourism purposes. South Africa is such a beautiful country. The reason why it attracts international tourists is because of its beauty, natural beauty, its standards and services. So we want South Africans to also you know, appreciate that. And taking advantage of this tourism month is because we have packages that are tackling the issues of affordability. Meanwhile, the Mpumalanga province MEC for Finance, Economic Development and Tourism, Eric Kolwane, says the provincial government will forever be grateful for the opportunity to participate in the launch of Tourism Month. He says this will help market other areas of tourism which are less popular than the Kruger National Park and others. So it assists us to unravel uh, those hidden uh, areas which are not mostly visited currently, uh, which are not known. As we know that uh, most of our tourists, when they come in the province, they would often go to your Kruger National Park uh, and also probably the Panorama Route. But we are saying it's not all about Pumalang. In Pumalanga, you have other areas which need to be visited. For example, uh, we are hosting more than 400 bird species around the area of Vakestrom. Mozambique's Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Leticia Clemens, has invited international energy companies, financial institutions and scientific research bodies to invest in the country. Clemens launched the invitation at a meeting organized by Chatham House Royal Institute for International Affairs, explaining that Mozambique was a market with huge potential in all.